It's Toronto's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hi, everybody. I'm Phil Bliss, and I'm a business visionary. I'm also co-founder of Canada's Podcast and host of Toronto's Podcast. Today, I'd like to introduce you to Steve Beatty. Steve is the founder of Culture One, which in May 2015 merged with Front Row Insurance Brokers and created Canada's largest insurance brokerage specializing in entertainment and media, arts, and culture. It has offices in Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, and Los Angeles. Steve has over 25 years' experience in arts and entertainment and insurance, everything from the performance arts to TV to movies. As a theater manager himself for many years, and then an insurance entrepreneur, Steve's heart is firmly in the arts, and he is a valued supporter of many cultural initiatives. Steve knows what it takes to bring an artistic vision to completion, as well as make sure the risk factors get covered on the way. So welcome, Steve. Thanks, Phil. It's nice to be here. Okay. First thing I want to do is, you know, why don't you just tell everyone a little bit more about yourself, where you're from, you know, some details on your current business. Just, just you know, who who is Steve Beatty? Why don't you answer that for me? Sure, I'd be happy to do that. So I uh, I grew up in, in Toronto, and I still live in Toronto today. I live outside of Toronto, actually, now, but in Burlington. But I, uh, I first got into the insurance business about 30 years ago, and I had uh, kind of gotten into it with a bit of uh, resistance because really what I did want to do is uh, do something more creative in terms of the arts. I was played guitar. I love creating uh, woodworking things and, and doing different things with my hands. And, and so I was sort of trying to get into that world. But um, my dad was in the insurance business and um, he always would say to me, it was a great business. And I, I would resist that a little bit because I couldn't really see myself being in it. But then as I learned a little more about it, and I was in my early 20s at this point, I, uh, I started to understand that it had a lot of different elements of things that I liked, finance, law. Um, it was heavily based on relationships, and, um, and I sort of went into it. And as I got into it, I was more in the world of commercial insurance. And then um, over time, I started to migrate my business interests from commercial insurance and then more focused on the arts. And interestingly enough, now I've ended up back working with creative people um, and uh, really feeling like I've been able to bring two parts of my world together um, and to build uh, this kind of cool, successful business out of it. Okay, great. So the next thing I want to say is you moved into insurance, but what was your stop moment as I term it, you know, when you decided, hey, I want to become an entrepreneur. What what caused it? Yeah, that's a great question. I I think it it was probably around the time when I started to do more and more entertainment insurance. Um, For years, I had been involved, as I said, in commercial insurance, doing everything from food processing companies to paper mills. And as my career and my portfolio 
was growing, I was getting more and more exposure to the arts. And what I realized is that there was an opportunity to really become um, a an insurance broker that wasn't just selling insurance to the arts, but to be an insurance broker that was in the world of arts. And it was at that point I knew, you know, I was giving a different experience to my clients, but I really wanted to build something that had a brand that the people in the arts, our clients, could feel comfortable with and would feel like there was a great fit. And it was then that I started to create uh, my own brand and I created Culture One. And then ultimately, as you said in the introduction, I, a few years ago, merged that company in with Front Row, who um, was doing what I was doing, um, but they were more focused on um, film and television production and I was doing a lot of live entertainment. So we were able to bring them together and today we're continuing to build on that brand. So it was really that opportunity to to feel that I felt like I could do something different than what a lot of our our competitors were doing. It all sounds kind of easy. You know, so you, you saw a gap, you thought about it. What kind of focus was needed, you know, to build it into a business? You I mean, you build it into a big enough business that, you know, you merge with, with a front row insurance. So how did you get it to that point when others just don't get there? You know, our, our business model was, you know, like a lot of businesses uh, in that we built it and I built it my part of it and then ultimately while I was doing that my now my partners and my colleagues at front row were doing it as well very much building it one client at a time finding that we were springboarding from one opportunity to the next and that word would get around that that we were um, able to provide a much different service than what a lot of our competitors were but also then people could find with more generalists. And um, I think by us doing what we did, um, you know, it really was, as I say, it was really about having our clients see and we had to demonstrate to them that when it came to the the type of service they needed or the when they got into a claim that was really challenging, we, we had to show them that we understood these these coverages, these really unique insurance coverages. We knew the policies, we knew how to get them through. And that we were going to stay very, very committed all the way through the process. That we didn't, we just didn't disappear when they needed us the most. And that's the thing with insurance. It's not until you really need it, you might be at a point of crisis when you're you're really dependent on your broker. And uh, our reputation really has been built very much on that that responsiveness and that sort of longstanding commitment to the clients, no matter what's going on. So, you know, what does a typical day look like for you? You know, how do you keep the focus needed to succeed and still have fun? Yeah, the the discipline to it, I, I think really that is, a lot of that gets driven for me by the relationships I have with the, with my clients, with our clients. And for me, for me, I mean, these are relationships that are going back 10, 15, 20 years. And, um, you know, I feel a strong, strong commitment to these people to do, to be there for them, um, to help them with their insurance. My days, I, I tend to start it really early. I tend to be up, you know, usually around five in the morning. And I take that time to, uh, um, to, to sort of organize my day a little bit, to be able to 
to, to get some quiet time to think and problem solve um, because our days are pretty hectic. I mean, our once, once things start to happen, like so many people in business, there's sometimes not an opportunity to sit down and think. So I use that early part of my day to do that. And, um, uh, that's, that's, that's really my routine. And then I, I regroup the next day and off we go and do it so, again. I asked this to, to people, we do some of our best work outside the office. In other words, you know, there's places we go that help us to think. Is there a place in Toronto or, you know, greater Toronto, because you're in Bird now, where you like to recharge, get inspired or just think about what you're up to that's a great great thought i i don't know i mean i I do a lot of that kind of thinking as say in the early mornings and often i'm i'm at uh often i'm at home at that point i do take the train in in the into the city in the in the mornings now and home at night and that that tends to be a good opportunity to sit and reflect um on the day um in Toronto, I mean, I love walking through Toronto. Toronto is such a great city to uh, to to be able to go and um, sit. There's a great park down on Front Street, um, which is interesting because it's where I first started my insurance career 30 years ago, right in that area at Wellington Street and by the Flatiron Building. There's a great fountain, and that's a great park to just kind of go and sit and uh, reflect. I'm also a big fan of airports. <laughs> I tend to travel a lot, so I uh, I find I do some of my best thinking. It seems yeah, in the funny. airport. It's funny. Maybe we were maybe we were, we were across the road from each other. I began my career in Toronto at the same park. Oh, did you really? So you know what you're talking about. It's a great. They've just redone it, and it's uh, yeah, yeah. really quite something. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is this is the fun thing is that front row. We've ended up recently moving our office within the city, and we've moved, as I say, about a block away from where I uh, I started my insurance career, and and interestingly enough, where my father started his his insurance career in the in in 1946, I think is when he started his his business career in insurance. So I kind of feel like I came full circle back to where it all started. <laughs> Do you think entrepreneurs have to be weird or unique in a positive way? Are they wired differently? I mean, what do you think? I think that, yeah, I mean, I think entrepreneurs, you know, they possess a certain grit and certain resilience and they're undaunted. You know, they're not discouraged. Um, They have setbacks. Um, They feel those setbacks, but they don't let them prevent them from getting up and moving forward again. Mm-hmm. And I, I think when I look at all of people I know that run businesses and that are entrepreneurs, um, that seems to be the characteristic that always is there, you know? Um, and I wouldn't say a lot of them are blind optimists either. I think a lot of them see the reality, you know, they do see the downsides to things, they're not daunted by those risks. The greater vision and their passion and what they're trying to accomplish is um, is what keeps them motivated, you know, and keeps them moving from, you know, perhaps one business to the next or just continually growing a business. Uh, what, what books do you read? Is there any books that you'd like to recommend that you've read recently made you go, hmm, maybe I should look at things differently? Oh, yeah. I've always got, it's funny, I've always got probably four four to six books on the go at any given time. 
I don't really read much fiction, so I'll tend to read, um, you know, I like reading biographies and autobiographies about business leaders or just leaders in general. Um, I, I have an interesting book um, that I'm reading right now, and I guess because so much of my um, so much of my work is on building relationships. And I mean, people do view, and I think all of us are in an element of sales, right? As entrepreneurs, we're always promoting, we're self-promoting, we're promoting our business, we're always selling. Whether we like to think of ourselves as salespeople or not, we need, we need to build relationships and we want people to listen to our story. And there's a book called The Science of Selling right now that I'm, I'm working my way through. And I was really intrigued by... Um, this fellow, the author, and he was interviewed on the Wharton School of Business, which is something on the satellite radio that I like to listen to. Yeah. It does talk a lot about entrepreneurs and marketing and branding. And his, his approach to selling, I felt, was really consistent with mine and what mine has been over the years. And what resonated with me on that was the fact that there's no magic to selling. There's no magic to getting somebody to come and use your service or, or buy your product. Um, relationship, committing and investing and, and being available early on through building that early relationship with a client as when they're a prospect, that to me is what the magic of closing is, right? There is no magic. I don't think there's any, any magic word or formula for getting a new client. I think respecting their needs, addressing those needs, speaking to those needs and trying to find solutions and giving them options for those problems, you know, giving them solutions, which are options Mm -hmm. is really what makes them come along. And, um, you know, that's the way I've always viewed what I do. I I try to give uh, good information to people so they can make sound, solid decisions. So that, that book, The Science of Selling, I think is great because it helps people understand the process of how people look at it. And um, another one, I, it's funny, I put down for a while, but is The Daily Stoic. I'm quite enjoying that because it's... You've got to read, the, uh, there's a book called The, the, the Hillbilly Elegy. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, and, and it's, it's written by a guy called J.D. Vance, who's actually an investment guy. Okay. Uh, uh, but it's, it's, it's generally thought of as a very good perspective on American culture at the moment. So oh, cool. No, it's, I will it's, that. it's really true. Anyway, yeah, anyway uh, I think I know this answer. If you weren't doing what you do now, what would you like to do for a profession? <laughs> well, I would, I would probably find myself in, uh, in the arts, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, as, as I sit there toiling away <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. and, and, you know, playing blues guitar and jazz yeah. guitar, I'm like, oh, this is, I love to do this. Yeah. But I might, that ship may have sailed for me, but who knows? Maybe not. What's your favorite word or a few words in business? Things you like to use, and maybe maybe the corollary, what's your least favorite? <laughs> well, I will say in the insurance business is, um, is I, I will often remind, and this came from one of my dad's mentors. Um, 
is that we're in the business to pay claims. When insurance companies look at me a little dumbfounded because we've presented a large claim, <laughs> I'm like, you know, <laughs> this was the reason that the, these people bought this policy. <laughs> so we are in the business to pay claims. And, and I think that's something that we, I have to take very seriously every day when, when, when we're looking at things. And I got to admit, you know, we deal with very, very good insurance companies, but you know, sometimes even they forget that, yeah, that was the reason for the, the policy to be purchased. Um, what other things? Oh, my goodness. I have so many of them. That, 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 was, that was good. That's okay. <laughs> so give us the top three things on your inspired life list. In other words, the things that, that really inspire, the top three things that, that inspire Steve, you know. Oh, gosh. That's a toughie, I know. But it's yeah, I mean, honestly, um, right now, I'm finding myself super motivated with um, finding even more innovative ways and products and solutions for clients. I find myself um, really, really inspired to... Um, to change some things the way that um, insurance policies are written, at least the ones that we have for our clients. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm really working hard right now to um, find new ways to deal with clients' issues. I mean, the landscape is changing a little bit. You know, we do get involved in some interesting uh, claims, obviously, and trying to find innovative solutions, not the same old language, not the same old policies. Um, I would say that's one thing from a professional standpoint, um, really, really unique solutions that other people can't what, offer. Yeah. What about a personal standpoint? Which personal? I mean, they, they, they overlap. I mean, oh, what, yeah. what's your inspired life? What, you know, what, what gets you up in the morning? makes you go to bed happy? What's that inspired thing that, that, that you've got there? I was a very, I was, I've always been very all in when it came to my professional life. You know, um, I spent a lot of hours working and, um, you know, doing what I do. Right. And, um, and I have a great family. And I mean, right now I'm finding more and more that I have, and I know, Balance. People talk a lot about balance, work-life balance, but I'm finding right now that I'm I'm feeling like I've got a better sense of of a blending as opposed to balancing. You know, I'm looking at life a little more, my work life a little more like a, a music composition. <laughs> Whereas that, you know, when you look at uh, when you look at an orchestral piece, for instance, not every instrument is playing at every given time. Mm -hmm. And and what's happening is that one will come in, and even if it's just a little touch, one note, um, it adds to the complexity and the harmony. And so I'm starting to look at life a little more that way, that there's not a beginning and an end to my work day and my family day, mm -hmm. but that if I if I respect both sides of those... I can make it work, and I'm feeling I'm feeling like now in my fifties that I'm I'm actually starting to get a sense of how that works. Um, and you know, I love traveling. I love seeing different cultures. I just got back from a wonderful trip in Morocco. Like I love 
being out of my my comfort zone and being in different places. And I want to do more of that. And that I find really, really inspiring. Okay. So here's, with travel in mind, here's, here's one of my fun questions I ask everybody. <laughs> so there's a small tropical island just off Fiji. Mm-hmm. It only has one phone booth. Remember what a phone booth was? <laughs> with, no, with no internet. We drop you off there and you won't have a computer or a smartphone or tablet or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You can use the phone booth located there anytime to call the boat and we'll come and pick you up. How long would you last before you made that call? And what would you do there while you were there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I can I have an acoustic guitar? <laughs> <laughs> I wondered about that. <laughs> if I can sit and you know sometimes mindfully sometimes mindlessly strumming on a guitar i i can lose hours pretty quickly so the call may take a while um wow that's an amazing question i love that um well you just said give me music and i can stay there for yeah you know i think that uh the ability I like people though. So, I mean, that would be my only thing is I, I find myself, I, I love meeting people and talking to people mm-hmm. and learning about them. Um, the big, the funny thing about what people will say with me is I've been having this conversation recently about whether you're an introvert or an extrovert and, mm-hmm. or an ambivert, I think it's the in-between one. I'm not sure if that's the right word or not, yeah. but yeah. Um, I find that I think I would miss people pretty quickly, um, more quickly than, uh, um, I, like, I like that, an in-between overt. Like yes, that. an in-between overt. There's a very interesting <laughs> book I'm reading right now called, I think it's called Quiet, and it's about people okay. and who are introverts, but okay. it does talk about these people who are in-between. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think, just so we, we, we're going to close up a little bit now, is sure. do you have any advice that you've received or, you know, just your own advice that you could pass on to entrepreneurs in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, uh, that you think, you know, someone that may just beginning to go down the road or have hit hit a wall or whatever, mm. some advice that you could pass on to them that, that you think would be valuable? Yeah, you know, I something that always I remember, and I, I remember it all, I've remembered it so many times through my career was uh, there was a wonderful insurance broker in uh, in Toronto and he uh, his name was Fred McLean and Fred was uh, was a longtime associate of my dad they worked in the same insurance company yeah. I worked for an insurance company that Fred was a, his firm was a large broker for mm-hmm. and I early on I was a junior underwriter and I was learning the insurance business and I want but I wanted to be a broker I really felt like that was something that I wanted to do because it was going to get me in front of people and meeting mm-hmm. people and Fred um, I remember sitting in his office it was on Toronto Street um, which isn't very far from where my office is right now. I'm just one short block over. And Fred looked at me and he said, Steve, he goes, if you always put your client ahead of your own financial needs in this business, you will do well. You will do so well. He goes, all of the commission, all of that will take care of itself. The revenue will come in if you just always put them ahead of yourself. And I remember that all the time. Fred, unfortunately, passed away a number of years ago um, at a very young age. Mm -hmm. 
but man, I remember that. And, you know, I remember when I'm sitting and I'm trying to do something and I'm trying to represent my, get something for my client. I just always remember that if I take care of them first, you know, the universe has a way of taking care of me. (laughs) (laughs) So so that's, that is absolutely terrific, Steve. Really enjoyed it. Uh, uh, it Just, you know, people listen to the podcast. um, uh, How can our listeners get hold of you? And is there anything you'd like to add that I've missed out um, before we kind of uh, call it the day today? Well, I mean, obviously email there, if anybody would like to connect with me, um, would you like, can I, should I get yes, me? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's Steve at frontrowinsurance.com. That's my email and probably my best, best way to reach out to me. And I'd love to hear from anybody. I'd even love to have these kinds of conversations with people who are managing and running businesses. I think that entrepreneurship and, um, people who are founders of business, it can be a lonely place at times, right? Um, You you sometimes need to have groups of people that you can talk to, people who are struggling, figuring it out, hearing other people's successes. So I'd love to carry on a dialogue with anyone who's building a business. Steve, thank you very much. I think we Thanks for having me on. Maybe understand a little bit more of the uh, entrepreneurship in in the insurance business and, uh, you know, Welcome to Canada's podcast. Thank you. It's been great being here. I've really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed your company. Okay. Thanks, Phil. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye-bye.